0: Give it a rest. I'm currently printing my pistol all over this guy's face.
1: Are cocked, locked, and ready to rock. Doc, hello and welcome to episode number fifty-nine of Grumpy Old ben's I am Darren O'Neill, coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of Middle America, where there's snow on the ground, there's meat in the freezer, but there ain't no government check in my account yet.
0: And from America's left coast, where the air is fresh, the grill is hot, and I've got nothing to complain about. I'm Ryan Bemrose.
1: Wait, that you have nothing to complain about? Then this show's over already. This is gonna be the shortest. I would say
0: I wouldn't complain. I just said I don't have anything to complain about.
1: Oh, totally different. Totally different. Yeah. I've got well, complaints. Well, there's the pollen. I've got many complaints. So I mean, I can I can lift that up for you. That part of the show, if you want, from uh, a couple different aspects. We just got some groceries delivered over the last two days. I mean, you remember I told you last yes. week about the story there
0: was the the saga of the previous grocery which made it onto two podcasts
1: yes well it got worse well it didn't get worse i decided to try the other smaller grocery store that is just a couple of blocks from our house the one that you couldn't get a delivery date for like 10 days so that was we ordered immediately after we got our other grocery delivery after the nightmare where you
0: you mean the one that was honest about the delay rather than telling you oh yeah we can get it for you at 3 p.m correct
1: so i tried that and then it all seemed to be working properly the day of the delivery i went in and it showed even though it said you could adjust your order to until 2 p.m the day of the delivery because it was a later delivery that was already locked out at like 9 a.m but it was showing tommy was our picker who was getting our order and everything was showing in stock except like the frozen burgers i think it was and a couple items that we really didn't care about. So we figured, great, it's already been picked. We know everything will be cool. Well, about an hour before the delivery window, we got another text that was like, well, there's some of the other items weren't in stock. And we went to look, and I had ordered two different packs of sausage. They do really good, you know, homemade sausage at this place. They didn't have those, either pack. They all of a sudden didn't have the steaks we ordered they didn't have the burgers which we know a little earlier in the day and they also didn't have the frozen chicken that we had ordered so basically no meat whatsoever except for one of their uh pre-made except not pre-cooked meatloafs but literally none of the meat so i'm like you know what i was just close to just say fuck it because um Without, this sounds
0: like a, a leftist conspiracy, the forced vegetarianism.
1: It is. And this is the place that is always pushing their meat. I mean, that's the place we've bought the big beef tenderloins. They always
0: pushing their meat.
1: Yeah, always pushing their meat. They have tons of meat. They love the meat. They do the meat better than anybody else in the area normally. But for some reason, they couldn't tell me they weren't going to have it. And I understand there are shortages of things. But when you're taking an order 12 days in advance, I would expect you to be able to fill that order to me that's like me coming in and saying i want this in 12 days so i'm not rushing you into this i'm not hoarding the stuff i'm not taking it off the shelves you know well in advance what is ordered have it ready no that didn't quite work it sounds
0: like you're you're expecting that somebody who has completely upended their business model because of what a couple of bureaucrats say about trying to suspend the constitution uh have their shit together yeah right. and and nobody does. <laughs> nobody has any clue uh, i i I really I, you have to have a lot of patience for any small business person who is just trying to keep their business afloat, and we have the, there are now government policies that effectively say you have to reinvent your business model from scratch immediately. With no lead time, no warning, because you can't do what you're allowed what what you've always been doing. And I don't know. Well, the grocery stores it's it's always great to see people, you know, fuck up and then we can complain about it, but well the grocery stores are
1: doing pretty well. I mean, I know they're dealing with some strange stuff, but they're selling a lot of product, there's no doubt about it. But yes, Mutter in the Troll Room, available at NoAgendastream.com while we do these shows at 11 a.m central on fridays points out that it could have been grocery karma because as i mentioned the other place that we ordered from gave me a full refund for no apparent reason but here's the better point now because i was like i was mad at that first company meyer and shipped so i went to the local place they didn't get me any meat so once i realized wasn't getting any meat this was on wednesday I went back to Meyer's website, and there was a delivery option open for yesterday at 3 p.m., I believe it was, and I went through their system, and they were showing plenty of meat, so I made a whole other grocery order, mainly just buying steaks, two things of frozen burgers, three things of frozen chicken tenders, loading up on the protein, And I was like, okay, when are we actually going to get this stuff? Because last time they said between three and four on Thursday, and it didn't show up until Friday at 10 o'clock. At three o'clock yesterday, got a text. Shopper was in the store. There were a few items that weren't in stock. She actually texted photos of alternates that we could choose. And the whole order came on time, everything. So Meyer won me back pretty quick with, with the fact that they had meat.
0: So this this is a call out to any grumpy old Ben's listeners in the Chicago area. Darren O'Neill is desperate for somebody to slip him the meat.
1: Yeah, I like the meat. Barbecue is good, but oh, uh, yeah, if you're looking for. My grill has
0: hardly cooled down since this whole thing started. I I told you last <laughs> week about uh, our our local for whatever reason, and I'm not sure why pork is like 50 percent off. Just the prices are the on sale prices for every pork product is so low. So we have filled our you know, you because we know. We know that this swine plague from China, which, which long predates the, the uh, Wu-Tang flu, uh, has been killing pork left and right and is on, on the verge of completely crashing the pork industry. So I know that prices are going to skyrocket pretty soon. So I see these things on really good sale at my local grocery store, and I still don't understand why. Um, I it could be because people are slaughtering their herds to get ahead of the.
1: Yes, but it could be.
0: We filled up the freezer and then we filled up the big downstairs freezer, which is like practically a walk-in, uh, with everything. So our grill has not cooled down. In fact, uh, I, I need to go get more propane today.
1: So the next time there's yeah, a pandemic, I'm coming to you. I'm just going to live yeah. with you. You're not invited. There's plenty of meat. Uh, I didn't yeah. know, uh, Earl finley jay finley said that aldi delivers and he got some meat the one thing i have to check because digi guru is talking to you know chicago area guy over by there you got to talk about the meat. the i just found out before starting the show here so i haven't had time to go to their website but my dad said that gibson's which is probably the best steakhouse at least in my opinion in the chicago area they got one feel like three different locations four different locations here because of all of this and their backlog, you know, they age this stuff, so they have a pretty big backlog of beef because of the fact of this quarantine. They're selling their meat direct, uncooked. So I have to go check out if they've got it, because I would order some uh, I'd order some good steaks from Gibson's, and then uh, I'd be a happy camper. Wouldn't have to leave the house for a long time if you have some big steaks. But it's an interesting thing watching these supply lines at this point. I mean, it was kind of funny when it was toilet paper, but when you're getting to the point to where it's going to be well, yeah, people are now just like buying actual food. Yes. When the food starts running all, all out,
0: those, all those hoarders have run out of toilet paper to eat. And now they want real food.
1: Yes. Now they want real food. The toilet paper didn't satisfy them. I didn't understand why that was the first place to go. Although I did see another guy. We've seen a few stories like this. This was in Australia. So this isn't just the United States where you have idiots went out and bought. I think it was $10,000 worth of toilet paper and hand sanitizer. And when eBay and everybody else shut him down to not let him sell it, he tried to return it to a grocery store, and they're like, "Screw you, man!" It's yours. I don't know why people. This. Well, I it, it, mean,
0: never have to buy it again.
1: Yeah, pretty much. It's not going to go bad. It's Not like
0: the, the stuff goes bad. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So that's. I mean, the hand sanitizer might, but I would doubt it if it's sealed. So it's.
0: it's yeah. It's, I mean, if it dries out, it would.
1: Yeah. But, but that is, is that really human nature that, you know, what my neighbors, my friends, my family aren't going to have toilet paper. So, I, you know, I can go buy a package for four bucks and sell it for 40. I mean, is that really you deserve what you get when you do something like that? I think.
0: I, well, you, you don't deserve a hell of a lot of sympathy, which is you know not a hell of a lot of sympathy is what he got from all these people are like, no, you can't resell it. I, I, I don't know. That situation seems to have worked out. I got nothing to complain about.
1: It was interesting because my parents, I mean, again, I don't know, maybe not taking this stuff seriously, needed toilet paper. My mom called me, like, well, can you order me some toilet paper on Amazon? And I'm like, but no, (laughs) they're even Amazon. Big bad Amazon's having problems with that. We found some allegedly, although it hasn't shipped from a local uh, office supply store, but it's a weird thing. It is a weird, weird thing that I kind of figured when this first started, there would be shortages. Briefly, but the fact that they're still going on, the fact that even dish soap, I mean, that was another weird thing. It's like, I don't know why people are hoarding up on dish soap, but that was one of the things that the, when we had the shopper yesterday, we, well, the, since we were ordering all the meat, figured there's a couple other things we may as well get some dish soap. And she's like, well, no, this is all that's left. There was like just one brand, one small thing. So people are hoarding really weird stuff.
0: Well, the, the one thing that, I mean, this did make sense. Uh, that i saw was out and and was new at my local grocery store was the canned food aisle looked like a tornado had gone through it
1: that Uh, we're not seeing that much of a shortage on which i found weird
0: (laughs) well yeah i mean you'd think because the i mean it lasts forever so stores can order it by the pallet full but i guess they don't want to store it but either way like the the, the entire aisle full of, of chili and ready-to-eat soups and stuff is just devastated, um, presumably because people have stopped cooking, which I I mean, if you're staying, well, or maybe just because all of the people who never learned how to cook and were ordering and eating out 24-7 right. have found themselves having to eat at home and don't know how to do it. And they're like, oh, shit, can I, can I just grab a, a can that I can put in the microwave?
1: And I think there were. Also, if, you do,
0: if you do open up a... A soup can and put it directly in the microwave. I want you to film it.
1: <laughs> it is. It's bad. I mean, I noticed the other day I had something that was covered in uh, tinfoil that it was uh, beans or something. So it was a little sticky on the outside. And I didn't notice there was like a little piece of the tinfoil that stuck to the bowl when I pulled the tinfoil off. And I'm looking into the microwave and it's just spinning around. I've, every now and then I see a little spark and I'm like, huh, that's not supposed to be like that. Tin foil.
0: No, and- it's that's not actually good on your magnetron either. No,
1: it was just a little piece. Got it out of there. Everything's cool. But yes, it's very. It's
0: also not good on on you know the the burnt plastic and carcinogens getting into your food is not actually tasty.
1: Mm. Oh come on, the burnt ends are the best part. Some
0: people are into that. You know, actually, I I can't I can't really speak to that. I I don't know. There may have been some serious flavor advances in carcinogens lately, <laughs> and and microwavable plastic. Food, as far as I'm aware, all of the food that you're supposed to eat directly out of the microwave is made of plastic. um But then again, I'm not the right person to to ask about that sort of thing because, as has been mentioned before, and this completely blew your mind when I mentioned it, we don't have a microwave here. You don't have a microwave? Yeah, I know. Still don't. <laughs> Still
1: don't have one. It's uh-
0: <laughs> it, it has been mentioned, but but that was many episodes ago. It. I mean, I and, get
1: it because that's not my main thing of cooking but there are certain things like we have some of these uh ready-made rice uncle bands and there was another brand that you cook it in the bag which is a little weird but you just put the bag in they're not refrigerated they're not frozen but you just put the bag of rice in for like 60 to 70 seconds and it heats it up and it's done it's are, like
0: are, are you really so impatient that you can't boil it like normal rice is supposed to be cooked
1: normal rice sucks cooking (laughs) come on let's be honest that's not uh you don't get a big bang for your buck either
0: that was another thing we we uh we don't normally go to costco uh i've i've given my position on costco before uh but we go to a place that actually used to be called cash and carry but it's a uh food service restaurant so we buy all of our big bulk stuff there
1: right like restaurant depot i'm sorry we have restaurant depot
0: sounds very simple actually they changed their name they used to be called cash and carry but they changed their name to the uh scintillating and and clearly marketable smart food service
1: well because cash and carry sounds like you'll only take cash
0: it kind of does and uh a lot of people will do things on credit accounts these days but sucker, uh we buy rice there and the smallest container that rice shows up in a food service is a 25 pound bag so we'll just buy that and that last six, eight months, uh, there was only one bag of rice. Fortunately, it was the long grain brown rice we always get. So, yeah, we're, we, we ran out of rice and I was like, oh, my God, we're going to starve. I'm going to have nothing but pork to eat. And then <laughs> we bought the last bag. So if you are a nonprofit uh, and you've got your your dot org domain and you are. Spending all of your effort trying to help out those unfortunate impacted by this virus panic that has been instilled in us. What is the last thing in the world you need?
1: The, uh, your domain to be pulled out from under your legs or your cost of the domain to go up immensely.
0: Wow. It's almost like you knew what I was going getting at. Uh yeah, this is a story that had gone completely under the radar, at least from where I was sitting. Uh apparently it's been going on since late January. Uh, is that ICANN, uh, the internet something names and numbers, the the organization that that effectively controls the DNS system. Um, you remember a few years ago they were cut loose and stopped getting government funds and were told you have to monetize yourself. You have to control you know, have your you have to raise your own funds and this, among other things led to uh, the cost of certain domains going up. And yeah, I mean, that's, that's fine, but it being a big bureaucracy, they have to continually increase their CEOs paychecks. And so, I mean, you got to make the, the money for the $65 million a year. Actually, I have no idea I'm making all this up either way. I can found a new way to monetize. Uh, they have be- decided that they are going to sell the, administration of the dot org domain uh
1: which is basically the, putting everybody that owns a dot org into somebody else's hands that now instead of i think .dot orgs yes. were like the cheap like 799 10 a year whatever they were now yeah it could be anything
0: well uh not entirely uh, uh we you know i it this story fell under the radar for me i didn't notice it until now despite it having been going on for a couple months but you know who does notice stories like this <laughs> Would be the EFF. Um, they noticed the a number of other people who are online watchdogs noticed and complained a lot about it early on. And the let's see, uh, the the org domain is being sold to uh, a group, a private equity firm called Ethos Capital, uh, which is founded by a guy named Eric Brooks, who used to work for ICANN. Um, however. If you look at the proposed selling, it's actually being sold to the a company called the Public Interest Registry, which in, in a spectacular example of the name of an organization being the exact opposite of what it is, these guys, there's nothing public about it. It is a shell company wrapped in more shell companies, wrapped in other shell companies that are all private, and nobody's actually quite sure who is the the real people behind this uh but the only thing that we do know for sure is that uh dot org which is the second largest tld behind dot com uh is being and also is the one that was designed primarily for nonprofits, is being sold to a for turned into a for-profit registry being sold to a private equity firm and nobody really knows what they're doing uh now in order to assuage the complaints of people who were actually or who were really complaining about this you know people people complain it's what people do uh they proposed a public interest commitment uh the public interest commitment is a a, a set of clauses that are presumably being baked into the deal which means that they have to abide by this but First of all, uh, ICANN has had these commitments before with, with other when, when they give domains away to other companies. And ICANN has yet to try to enforce any of them because that's the effectively part of the deal is you need to follow these commitments or ICANN will be able to sue you. And ICANN has never sued anybody for any of it, uh, including when uh, people like VeriSign have, have raised prices. Uh no, Com isn't Verisign anymore. Anyways, I didn't actually do a lot of research on this. I read a couple articles, so that's that's all the information you're going to get. Uh but the public interest commitment includes a promise to not increase the price of domains by more than 10% per year for the first 8 years of the contract. That's a lot. I uh, well Okay, so what what does a .dot org domain cost these days? It's what uh, you know, fifteen dollars a year. It's not that horrible.
1: No, they're all they're um, all relatively. The big three are all usually, depending where you go, GoDaddy's usually a little more than uh, Namecheap or NameSilo and those kind of places, but they're they're still relatively reasonable for those big domains.
0: Well, for the next eight years uh, or the first eight years of this contract. Uh, you can guarantee the, they are promising not to increase it by more than 10%, which is effectively a promise to increase it by 10% per year every year. Yes. So if it's 15, it'll be 1650 next year and it'll be 17 something the year after that and so on that, that sort of thing goes up and and, and, and okay, well maybe that doesn't break the bank, but, but here's the fun part of the eight years promise. It's a 10 year contract. And they're promising they're not going to raise the price for the first eight years. So if you have a .org domain, you can expect your domain costs to go up 10% per year for the next eight years. And then they might double or triple. Who knows? I mean, it's not like your organization's entire identity is tied in your domain name or anything. Oh, is it? That's easy enough to change? Yeah.
1: Which is the problem because you are locked into one which is what people know although i mean you can do it over time making a change the one nice thing is you can have two domains pointing to the same thing so if you have a .org and you're worried that this is going to go up and you can get a different extension you can start pointing people to that in all of your advertising and that for the next few years and it's easy enough to do that but it takes some work and then you will miss emails and that kind of stuff cuz that's going to change but the whole well, the ICANN thing wasn't that all because everybody was afraid that the United States was going to run the internet.
0: Uh, I I mean we're still kind of afraid of that. Although China seems to be doing a much more bang up job of of censoring and uh, running the internet than U.S. is right now.
1: Yeah, they seem to be doing a good job. And what is your thoughts, Because I have the most expensive domain I currently have in my account is for a friend's restaurant which is uh, katies.kitchen. katie's dot kitchen if you're in the chicago area they're up in displays Small prospect area but the dot kitchen domain i got it you know for the first year which is interesting with these with these weird extensions it was cheap you know maybe 7.99 and now it's gone up to like 35 bucks a year which is a lot more than normal extensions but her.com is like katie's kitchen online or something because somebody else getting the domain name you want in a com is a lot of people know can be very very hard Get,
0: getting the domain name i wanted in 1991 was was impossible so and somebody well, got there early the, what i what i wanted in 1991 was bemrose.com which was one of the first seven thousand domains ever registered because it bemrose is a publishing company in england <laughs>
1: they screwed you or, man
0: it was and they they have continued to own that domain uh the entire time about every 8 months I go in and check is like did they accidentally let it lapse no <laughs>
1: <laughs> is there a, is there a website at
0: least the, uh the, the, no it's a redirect now because Bemrose publishing got bought out by Booth publishing and for a while they were Bemrose Booth publishing and then they just became Booth and now bemrose.com <laughs> just redirects to booth publishing or whatever
1: and that angers Which, you
0: well i i i I got into the internet in 1991. There wasn't a lot of internet out there. And I'm like, I can get my, my own name, right? No.
1: Well, you can't have everything, but this, but I want everything. This flood of extensions, these top level domains, I'm torn on it because I still think people as a whole are confused by things like kitchen and don't understand that if they see that on an advertisement, you know katie's dot kitchen are gonna go what's that you know everybody knows I, I what think
0: people c- need to get over their confusion because that's retarded
1: i would agree but there's like dot everything now which is interesting but yeah. dot, you know dot guru yeah. i have we have some dot of course the, the first ones were now,
0: now i want to go register fuck dot everything <laughs>
1: <laughs> that would be a good one and there was there was a uh and it was already taken obviously because it would have been kind of funny because my wife's name is kim There is a dot k-i-m extension i'd be like oh what would have been fun would have been being kim dot kim that would be your, <laughs> that would be your whole thing but uh there's some well, you, you could probably get o'neill dot kim that's that is probably true i do have darren o'neill dot com and i do have my wife's name i do have, have my mom's darren name dot o'neill what
0: do, do you have darren dot o'neill
1: um no i don't think there is a dot o'neill yet but you can buy though i mean that's something that they started a couple of years two three years back that you could get a custom top level domain, but wasn't it like a hundred and fifty thousand dollars or something to uh to get the process even started
0: uh it, it was something i I know that there were a few companies that were jumping at the chance there was uh you know trying to go out and buy a dot google or uh dot amazon top level domain
1: and they're uh, like, well that's not your company, but yes, cold assets as and, and a minimum. And the
0: idea you know, I, I remember the idea at at least at Amazon was uh, to drop the dot com so that if you go into your browser and just type Amazon, then the DNS system will take you to their website because there's nothing that says that the top level domain has to forward to subdomains. It's just by convention. It always has. But, you know, uh, there there is actually a, a computer or actually a, a, a load balanced bank of computers out there that go by the domain name .com. Nice. And they exist for the purpose of redirecting DNS. I mean, there's, there's no website at com, but they exist for the purpose of redirecting DNS to subdomains. But there's nothing saying you couldn't put a website at com uh, if, if you owned that. Uh, or if Ethos Capital, who are buying the registration of the domain, could just put their Ethos Capital website at org once this goes through.
1: That really would start confusing things.
0: What, what's your website? Just type org. <laughs> right, but where? But 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 if you're buying brand new top level domains, uh, you know, companies like Amazon and Google would love to just have a one word domain. There's no dots in this domain. It's http slash slash amazon. Done. It's um,
1: a very much uh, like, and
0: there's there's appeal to that.
1: There is because it takes you right back to AOL keywords because nobody's actually yes, typing does. HTTP anymore
0: no nobody has for a long time now the funny thing is you already effectively get that because any modern browser today if you go to the address bar and you type amazon i guarantee you that the browser is going to rewrite it to hdb in behind the scenes and you're going to get exactly where you want to go
1: and even if your browser is set like a lot of them are to do a search if it's not a um You know, if the search bar is also your address bar, yeah, then it'll just most of them it'll just pop up a page with that as your first result.
0: Uh, Well, a lot of them will will search and automatically redirect. Uh, I know Chrome. If if you typo the search bar, it's going to do a Google search and send you to the first result. Um, And if you don't have safe searching on and you typo (laughs) something like prom, like yeah, I want to see my daughter's senior porn and prom. (laughs)
1: <laughs> uh, could be the same thing depending depending on your family
0: it, it it depending on yeah and and whether or not your daughter respects you the uh so to to finish off uh i wanted to there was one other thing that was brought up in the public interest commitment uh of the dot org domain um and this one this one raised some flags in my head uh they are also as part of the contract they are uh ethos capital is required to put together a stewardship council for the.org domain. Uh, this stewardship council has control over aspects of.org, such as censorship and freedom of expression policies and use of registrant and user data. So they're putting together a council to decide, uh, how, what their policy is, on censoring and blocking your freedom of expression, and decide what their policy is on the use of your data when you register. Like, who? Are, I, I guess the policy is going to be who are we going to sell it to? I'm not sure.
1: Well, that, that's uh, and, kind of and, and, burying the lead there. That is some nefarious sounding stuff. Because one, it, it, yeah. are, are you telling me that they're now the overseers of the content on any website with .org, and then they can decide if your content's not what they like then they can do something about it they,
0: they shut you off well there was a there was a 2017 change to ICANN policy that opened up that barn door uh which allows all registrars to set their censorship policies before that uh registrars were supposed to be neutral but when when the policy changed to say you you now can set a censorship policy uh that was that was actually uh, strong pressure from the government for years trying to be able to just shut down domains that they don't like uh or yeah or or you know whoever wants you to censor so nowadays every top level registrar and every even even uh, registrar's like godaddy are allowed to have their own censorship policy where they decide if if you use your domain for some purpose that we don't like we will just pull it from you and you have no recourse because that's now in our terms of service
1: with so, the dot orgs is there any limitation on what kind of site can be on those because i think that's also a long gone thing or am i missing something
0: oh no it's it's been long gone i think it was was 2004 five that uh the policies changed where you no longer had to be uh, a non-profit in order to get a .org you no longer had to be a company to, to a you no longer you know i i think that the only ones that stuck with their requirement were uh, EduMill mill and gov
1: which Those makes you sense. still
0: have to have certain rest- restrictions well because they're you know big organizations that can push i can around
1: well and uh, but, you know you, you, you can't Net get that no longer big had discount. to be in network yeah, we well, can't get big big discounts on Amazon on the Adobe stuff unless you have an edu domain. So I mean, you have to make sure yeah. those are people that are legit.
0: Well, fortunately, there's enough uh fly-by-night schools out there where <laughs> for for $15 you can go sign up and get an account and yeah, that's that's Well, that's a great idea.
1: You have you tried Bebro's edu? <laughs>
0: I have not. The school of no we no actually there is a Bemrose EDU. It's at GrumpyoldPens.com. You are learning shit right now.
1: You are. And our our class sizes are small and our tuition very reasonable.
0: So the stewardship council uh of this particular one, uh you know, the the people and lest you think that uh that the policies on censorship are or Or the policies on who they're selling your data to. I mean, obviously, if if there's a council, then, you know, they get to set the policy and maybe this is still public, right? Um, There are seven members on the council. Uh, Ethos Capital gets to pick five of them outright. And the other two members of the council are selected by a nominating committee. And the nominating committee is chosen by the Stewardship Council.
1: That seems kind of like a circle jerk. (laughs)
0: <laughs> it's it's a stacked deck. It is it is bureaucracy for your, or bureaucracy. So yeah, um, uh, I guess uh, if if you are if you own a .org domain or or have a an organization that is tied in heavily to your .org, just expect that your prices are going to start going up. Um, that new censorship policies are going to be in place. That you have eight years before you are going to be horribly, horribly gouged on price. And so that is eight years that you might want to move your marketing to another domain or or your brand identity. And I know changing a brand identity is difficult. And I I feel for the the companies that are really in, invested in their in their domain. Um but yeah this is this is what happens when everybody in the world says that ICANN needs to uh, be a private entity who makes their own money instead of sucking at the government teat. And in general, uh, my my anti-government tendencies are are yeah, hell yeah, let's keep this everything private. But at the same time, just be aware that when things go private, um, you you have no control and no transparency into what these people are going to do from now on. It really uh, is the, the epitome
1: last, of like buying somebody's note from a bookie or something. You know, this <laughs> is well now yeah, I own your donor.
0: Well or yeah, or or uh the your landlord selling out to somebody that you owe money to or so yeah. Fun. It's, so the 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 last bit is uh that there was uh, a little bit of pushback in this particular case. And the reason why the story popped up today, uh, most of this happened at the beginning of the month and during March. Um, and the final decision was coming up very soon. Uh, but after a strongly worded note from the California attorney general, uh, I can put off the decision until May 4th because, uh, that that is apparently putting off the decision for 3 more weeks is is what they are going to do to try to appease all of the internet users who believe they're getting totally screwed on this deal. Sure. Like
1: that's going to help.
0: And <laughs> it, I, it it always does because because in 3 weeks it probably won't be news and then they might be able to slide it through without people complaining as much.
1: Well, you know, unless they really bring the pricing on this up to insanity levels, you know, 30, 50 more per year. You know, nothing and, will really and change. And they're not, at least for eight years. Right, which is good. So you have at least an eight year time to get out. We all may be dead from coronavirus. We don't know. But it's weird. That is weird. So I guess technically anybody that gets a top level domain, I mean, I've never really quite understood how this works. So now this, the domain that I have for that restaurant, the, did somebody just pay to get Dot Kitchen to own that? And now anybody that wants, they can just set the price for anybody they want to allowed to buy a domain name under with that
0: i am not sure about kitchen there are there are a number of them that i can is is still personally administering but i think that they're they're trying in the interest of making profit they they would much rather sell off a domain to a uh, a private company who then pays them effectively rental on the area on the thing right because that's that's revenue that they don't have to administer. I think they'd much rather do that than administer, but when ICANN originally came out with the prospect for a lot of new top level domains, they uh you know dot dot place and dot me and and the, a lot of them are still managed by ICANN, which is the the ones they thought were popular enough that they would do uh, so I don't know if Kitchen is owned by somebody or not I don't know if Kitchen is going to be sold to some. Private firm or not,
1: but obviously it could but be it even if looks it's like not because .dot org has been sold.
0: It looks like that's where the DNS is going.
1: Interesting. That is, you know,
0: it, it, right now I, I don't think there's anything too terribly outrageous for this. With this, in fact, it this is a weird story for me bringing this because I'm not really pissed off about this.
1: Well, it's just weird. That, it's just weird to it, be like,
0: it's, well, it's we- weird and. We have this and, and we're selling it. I want it. people to be informed about it. This is, this is something that was just a surprise to me.
1: You're like, why is this happening? What is, who is really profiting? What is the reason behind this? Uh, the, the, the worrisome thing becomes the, well, we could censor the site. And I don't know if any of that exists with .com or .net, because as far as I know, I've never heard that on any of the top-level domains that if the content of your site is not deemed okay whatever criteria they're using that they could come well, in and shut you down
0: well i mean they do it does happen uh how many times has the pirate bay had to change their url or their domain true
1: but they were trying to actually shut them you know they went in with the servers usually and i know i guess they did have the domain pulled for illegal activities yeah so i guess anything's possible we need and, a big one when, world whenever, government the george w bush uh what <laughs> the, the uh, uh whatever do, his do we yeah i don't know
0: that's the opposite of what we need
1: i know that's like his uh whatever it is not we're not the library it was the library the people that run his stuff like we need one world government like wow that's why even even though i like george w bush i you really not good stuff not uh was way more of a globalist was way more of a democrat was way more of a let's crush your freedoms kind of a guy in a lot of different ways like that no, I didn't. I mean, his personally, you seem like a nice guy. I think he handled nine eleven well, but then you went through the Patriot Act and all that. But, hey, the government is here to help. <laughs> I can't even I, say that.
0: I, I mean, I, maybe, maybe he was a fine guy in person. I never met him, and I, I, that I, not the kind of thing I would go out of my way to try to do. Uh, but I totally judged the guy on what he did, and what he did was was some of the worst uh overbearing infringements on civil rights that this country has ever seen uh probably until now probably the worst since lincoln until now well um i mean there's that
1: (laughs) (laughs) this is like you said may you live in interesting times and we do and
0: can i get off of the interesting times roller coaster
1: no no you're on this one for good And we're seeing things like we are now with the people in Michigan getting pissed. I like that. I like seeing that there's stuff going on in other parts of the country as well, which people are finally standing up and going, this lockdown is getting excessive. This lockdown has to end. We need some kind of exit strategy. And I think people are really starting. The exit
0: strategy is that once we all get injected by Bill Gates vaccine, we will be allowed to come out of our houses. Which
1: I think people are finally kind of gathering behind the, uh, you know, the president who's saying we need to open this place up for business and all the governors that are coming out and saying, nope, that those are the states where I think you're going to have some interesting stuff going on because the economy can't be allowed to just go nowhere because then otherwise people have no money. I mean, you're worried about toilet paper and, 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 and food the shortages of- now. What do you think that's going to do?
0: on the topic of the governors i just want to say fuck jay (laughs) insley
1: well yeah not a good one uh whitmer in michigan not a good one um it's funny that the guy in california isn't even the worst right now but he wants to give illegals 500 dollars a piece it's uh
0: but the, the the one that scares the hell out of me right now and fortunately i'm not in this state but some of you are and i apologize is uh I And I know that this is not the only governor to do it. It just happens to be the interview I saw. Uh, somebody linked me a, a Tucker Carlson interview with New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy, uh, who straight up came out and said, uh, in the interest of public safety, that he, we have to suspend the Bill of Rights. Uh, I, 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 the, the, the very idea fills me with dread and shock that not only... Are, are people being so brazen as to say, uh, yeah, the framing document, the one that lends authority to our entire system of government, we're we're going to just ignore that because, uh, because I want my personal dictatorship and we're using public safety as an excuse, but also that not enough people are uh, up in arms about this. Everybody is still towering in their homes. Why? Why do we not have thousand person marches in streets, marching on the New Jersey capital, demanding that this fuckhead step down? And uh, I mean, just like he needs to resign for that comment, saying that yes, we ha- he said on, on on Tucker's show, and Tucker, of course, was provoking him into it because Tucker's an asshole. I tend to agree with what a, a lot of what he says, but he is. Uh, Tucker provoked him into saying that we are suspending the bill of rights and this Phil Murphy guy, uh, needs to resign for that statement alone, but he's not going to because people aren't demanding it. They're all cowering in place. You know, everybody remains scared citizens. Well, it's amazing how. How anything that somebody wants to do, if they can just get the right flavor of propaganda to put fear into the public, then the public will go along with it because we're fucking sheep.
1: Well, they're starting to in Michigan, which I think what really pissed people off was the stores that were open. I think it was like Walmart and Target that had seeds for planting your own food that were taped off with like the yellow police tape, like you can't buy this. This isn't a necessity. So you're in the grocery store. You can go buy your milk, bread, whatever groceries you're buying. The seeds are sitting right there. You're already in the store. You're not exposing yourself to any more danger if we assume there is a danger.
0: Self-sufficiency is a threat to the, the government control. We cannot allow people to grow their own food.
1: That seems clear. And that seems to be a reason why the people in Michigan have had enough. And I think even reasonable thinking people who are... You know, I think both you and I are normally looking to stuff and you go, well, one, you need more data to make any good decision on anything. So let's just say there was a plague ravaging the country that if, you know, half the people that are exposed to it die, well, then you would understand the extreme measures being taken and you understand there's a some period of time that was needed for the government to understand what was going on. That time has now passed. I think people, for the short term, were like, okay, yeah, I get it. We're going to do the right thing. We're going to cower in place. But when the data keeps coming in and the numbers keep going down as far as an overall death rate per million, that you start asking the question of, why can't we start opening back up? Why can't the people who have already had it, and there's hundreds of thousands of people that have had it, why they can't get back to work and start doing things because you've had it and people are getting a little bit pissed off about the fact now that you can use the the public safety thing briefly and people will kind of get it and you your rights are suspended but they're never gone i mean you can't do this permanently you can't make this a permanent thing and people have to be able to make their own choice of whether they want to take risks or whether they don't. I mean, Fauci, even the other day, somebody asked him, well, well, what do you think about, you know, the single people who are, uh, you know, maybe on uh, Tinder, you know, what should they do? (laughs) And he's like, well, risk assessment. And that's what America should be told at this point overall is risk assessment. Should there be something for people who don't want to go back to work or if they have conditions, health issues? that they don't want to be going out into public should there be maybe some government help for them sure but Uh, the people uh, that want to come on am i back yeah were you gone Um, (laughs) (laughs) this was (laughs) great i talked for like two minutes without being interrupted
0: i that that's how you can tell that my internet got disconnected and i just want to as a side note the reason why this stupid wu-tang flu scare needs to end and people need to go back to work is so that you can get off the residential internet and stop. Crowding it out and making my internet drop while I'm trying to podcast. I would really appreciate if everybody in the area would just lay off the internet so that I can get some bandwidth for my podcast. As soon as we're done here, you can go ahead and do whatever it is you're streaming. I, I'm sorry, that was just a public service demand.
1: Public service demand. Well, I, I liked after No Agenda yesterday when you were gracious enough to run the Random Thoughts podcast. Uh, somebody mentioned that they were really liking the podcast love the content but were confused why you weren't interrupting
0: (laughs) somebody (laughs) said they liked the podcast that that backfired damn
1: it yeah they liked it but they wondered where the where the Bemrose interrupting was i'm like this is just the alternate of grumpy old ben if you want to just hear me talk without being interrupted random thoughts is the podcast to go to but yeah i
0: think so anyways you you were in a good rant and i didn't catch most of it unfortunately well the bottom line was i
1: think any reasonable thinking person will go along with the government cower in place for the short term because we understand data has to be found we don't know how serious the health concern is but
0: as i learned i'm unreasonable
1: and as the timeline moves on then people are getting a little bit more upset and now they're looking at the information they're understanding that the death toll is probably going to be around Oddly enough, what I predicted was either here or random thoughts. And one of the places, maybe it was probably here, where I predicted I thought this was going to be a normal flu season is the death rate is like, what, like one-tenth of a percent or so. I was guessing this was going to be about in that range of three-tenths of a percent to, like, five. And it seems like that's what it's going to be. Yeah. We're all going to die eventually.
0: Yeah, we we are. But dying is the last thing I intend to do.
1: Well, that's good. It probably will be. But when the government's there to help, you're looking at these things that are going on and you want to talk about a big government website fail this IRS payment stimulus plan that's going out, not unemployment or anything like that. The check everybody that did their taxes was supposed to get. um, Did you get it?
0: Yeah. Fletcher in the troll room uh, a couple of minutes ago, Fletcher called it the, uh, the please don't riot check (laughs) in, in response to my saying that people were, were staying at home for no good reason. Yeah. the, The, it's the, the, everybody's staying at home. We've, we've kept the liquor stores open. We've kept the video games working. Uh, we, we've got, uh, you know, we, we, for the first time in my life, uh, I have, we, we got the 30 day free trial to CBS all access. So I could go actually watch the new star Trek series. Um, I, I can give those my reviews of those, uh, probably next week. Cause I haven't finished yet, but, um, so far, um, Picard is, is living up to uh, everything that we expected
1: that bad. <laughs>
0: but, <laughs> um, yeah, everybody has their bread and circuses, uh, especially the liquor stores, which not only get lots and lots of revenue, for the for the states so of course we need to keep that open but it also keeps people drunk happy and not rioting in the streets so this is ingenious if if you are trying to enforce authority um and so you know this is this is why we have for example it is illegal to go to church but you are perfectly allowed to go spend as much time in a liquor store as you'd like
1: and for some people that is church.
0: Some people, uh, I'm, I'm not sure that's the right kind of thing that moral values we need to be teaching our people, but uh, it, it does seem to come from our current secular society.
1: And I don't know how seriously most people are taking the lockdown and in some areas rightfully so, but there was something I saw where the average person was making two and a half trips outside of their home every day that weren't essential.
0: And that's like, why? Uh- it, it, it's called living and i i think we should be allowed to do it i i you any long time listeners of grumpy old ben's or at least people who have been listening for the last 10 or 12 episodes however long this stupid scare has been going on uh have probably noticed that i've been very very consistent in saying yes this is being a person being humanity and no don't freak out and don't completely upend your life over this. And, and yeah, if everybody followed my advice, then probably a few more people would have died. But you know what? We're not really living. Not when we're all trapped in our fucking houses.
1: But what if you don't want to leave your house in the first place?
0: Well, that's why I haven't changed what I do. One <laughs> iota.
1: I mean, neither have I. And I and, mentioned and that I do before leave
0: my house and I, I, I leave my house to go out walking uh, and walking the street. There is. Yeah, it It is uncharacteristically sunny weather. It is April, which is normally a springtime month. And I am in the greater Seattle area, which is normally inundated by rain, especially during the spring. And we have had three solid weeks of sunshine and there are not a lot of people out enjoying it. You know, there's the occasional dog walker or something. And, and of course, you know, it's, it's awesome. Everybody crosses the street rather than walk by me on the sidewalk and I just smile at them you don't smile again, that, that that's not different either
1: and you know this is just the, the sunshine in seattle is simply because all of the all of the companies all of the factories and everything that shut down in china they stopped spewing all that bad stuff into the air so all of a sudden seattle's a sunny place
0: oh i assumed it was climate change no no no
1: <laughs> it's this is the opposite of climate change this is what would happen and this would be the
0: utopia i do like rain all the time
1: we well, see that you're you're in the I'm right sorry. place but so you got your government check so you're
0: I, lucky I, I did in fact it was creepy as hell because we weren't expecting it but apparently having filed electronically last year uh and i i guess the way that what ended up happening was we had filed electronically last year and they for whatever reason just deposited it into our bank account and after last week's show where i said never ever ever give anybody access to your bank account um i was a little freaked the hell out i'm like why does the irs have access to do anything to my bank account they need to mail me a damn check
1: no direct deposit
0: but it appeared like magic. At least direct deposit is not the same as authorizing somebody to remove money from the bank account, which is a real concern.
1: Yes, that is different. And we did. We paid our taxes last year. We haven't done this year's, which a lot of people haven't because the April 15th deadline was pushed back to June or July. So yeah. not a lot of people have done it this year. And that was the only thing you're supposed to have to get the money magically if you paid electronically. And we did back in uh, 2018 didn't get it deposited we did not when you go to the website which for a while you couldn't even get into it had like the you oh well you wait you wait right here and we'll get you in and then you get in you type the information in and like a lot of other people from reading the internet you get a error that says payment status not available which nobody really knows what that means nobody really it's not it's not a helpful thing which Gives you any information that you can act upon. The IRS, of course, does not have a phone number for this.
0: Thinking anything in the government would be helpful.
1: No, but you got your check. Why didn't I get mine? I'm a podcaster. I never
0: got a check. I wanted a check. Instead, they went and and manipulated bits in my bank account. Like I said, creepy.
1: Magically gave you money. So I'm kind of patient at this point. I'm waiting. I will follow this thing through. The interesting thing was with this error message, payment status not available. People were able to recreate that by going into the site and just giving dummy information. So it shows you the website might just be completely overwrought that it's not even able to query whatever database it's looking for when you're on there. Because I would think at least if you gave it a legit social security number, birthday and address, which is all they ask for, they would be able to give you different information Than just a random social security number, name, address, and all that. But like you said, it's the government, and we shouldn't really expect
0: giving out personal data like that. I know to the government you're going to fill out the census.
1: Who already has? I got that. (laughs) I got got like two things in the mail already. With yeah, here's your census. Fill it out online. Go here. Do this.
0: Uh, The the online. I I I don't think even if I were, even if I was really eager to fill out the census I don't know that I would do it online for the simple reason that 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 website is you it, you know it's written by the lowest bidder and you know that they're they're going to be leaking data and eh, I mean simple security is let's not put this much personal info into a website that I that that I have no recourse over
1: so what would you suggest for people that want to fill out the census online would it be one vpn two um a browser that you don't normally use in private mode or whatever the browser calls it and and go from there
0: i'm honestly not too worried about malware coming from the the census website although i probably should be but uh what I mean, obviously, there's there's some very important considerations that that you should use with every website, no matter what, uh, including you should probably turn off JavaScript, despite the fact that that's almost guaranteed to break the site, which is uh, why you would but, do it, which is why I would do it. Yeah. Hell, yeah. I'm, I, but I like causing problems. Um, I, I mean, what would I suggest is uh, wait for the paper one. <laughs>
1: Is that really better, though? I mean, then you just fill it out and no, send it back in. No,
0: because the, the well, the concern that I have is uh, there is a lot of very sensitive information, uh, not least of which is it asks you for. Well, I mean, it, it wants your name, which is already a little sensitive uh, in, in the troll room. We deal with a lot of people who only exist behind a pseudonym. And uh, you know, there's a number of people who really don't want their real names to get out. And I don't blame them. Uh in fact I don't want anybody to know my real name but unfortunately uh you already spoiled that one by uh putting me on a podcast. Right. But beyond the name there is a, a number of demographic things uh including uh well it wants to know your military service, it wants to know uh the uh what you consider to be your race, gender, etc. Uh although I think You know, I, I actually, I I never logged onto the website, but I did get the paper form. So I got to at least look at the questions and, um, I noted that it has seven or eight different checkboxes for race and then a checkbox for other, but it only has two genders on the form. No, (laughs) that is hateful. It didn't have a, it didn't have a spot for choosing other for gender. I, I feel like that's, that's extremely transphobic here.
1: And I, I pointed that you know. out with all of this coronavirus data, too. <laughs> Never have we heard anything except male and female. Why are they ignoring the other victims? Exactly. And I did see a story this morning about, I think it was like a 22 in, in that range, maybe mid-20s person in the UK that was born female. And I don't remember how many years. I didn't really read the article, but she had her breasts removed. She had other surgeries Then you know turned into a he and had you know started taking all of the medications and now she's suing the doctors so congratulations for, for this, what for for doing it for for doing what she wanted then because okay. they didn't yeah they didn't question so, her so they what buyer's they, remorse yes yes which i yeah, think I you're going to get way more than people realize that i don't think that
0: was the doctor's fault
1: yeah i don't know it's hey. if people are idiots is the bottom line yes and the I,
0: I think you just discovered the tagline of our show. People,
1: people are idiots. Welcome to Grumpy OldBenz. Grumpyoldbens.com. People are idiots. But when it comes to this stimulus check, I mean, if you want to protest and it just randomly shows up in your bank, which it did not in mine, but it showed up in uh Ryan's bank, if you really, if you really want to protest that, you could take that amount and send it to our bank at Grumpy Make that donation, keep grumpy old Ben's going, and don't take a penny of that bad, bad government money. Send it to us.
0: I, I wholeheartedly endorse and support this course of action. I'm sure you do. You, uh, you can take that to the bank.
1: <laughs> and I would, but there are, yes. are there any real banks anymore? Uh, and really, well, the-
0: I, first of all, you shouldn't, you should not be using a commercial bank uh, for your personal account. You should be using a credit union. You don't have any excuse. They are all over the damn place. Uh, they exist. They are owned by and exist for the people who hold accounts and not somebody in a penthouse in New York who already makes too damn much money. Uh, it, you yeah, it, you need to be going to your credit union. Just the interesting
1: thing. And if somebody can answer this for me, either in the troll room or feel free to reach out on uh the email or however you want to get a hold of me there's various ways uh, nick the rat the guy who does a podcast over on the no agenda stream as well nick the rat radio was looking for a savings account that actually paid something over like 1.5 percent, which is nearly impossible right now
0: the stock market doesn't even do that these days no
1: and well the stock market was doing way better than that until like six eight ten weeks ago but with that said i mean i opened up a small savings account with american express like six months ago when it was like two point something percent and then it dropped down and now it's down to 1.6 but that's neither here nor there the interesting thing was carolyn blaney then chimed in the the better half of the hog story podcast that in canada half anyway well and then the the, uh in canada you could get 2 percent. On a savings account so i'm wondering can americans invest in canadian savings accounts or is there something that you well, can't yes
0: but the, but the interest is only delivered in canadian dollar <laughs> yeah
1: but that's okay it converts one way back in the other <laughs> so it's weird yeah,
0: yeah but then you lose the conversion rate i i don't know i'm making joke here
1: yeah but it's interesting so i'm like okay welcome canadian banks like two percent is like average and then they can do a little bit more than uh, that so it's it's weird I mean, I guess you have to kind of search around, because when I was looking for a savings account, and we were looking for this, you know, like a couple of years ago for my wife's grandmother, that you were looking, okay, what savings account, what are the different rates and all of this, and I, nothing ever been came been up corrected. outside of the U.S.
0: I've just been fact-checked by the troll room. It's not dollar use, it's dollar retts, I'm told, Oh we'll see by that. an actual Canadian.
1: <laughs> well, that, that, you have to believe that. So you were actually I, incorrect about something? Let me write this no, down. No, I
0: was fact-checked.
1: I'm writing this down. Ryan Bemrose was incorrect, but it's interesting. Yeah, with I, yeah. your I money. I thought I
0: was incorrect once, but I was mistaken.
1: You want to make your money work. It's, I mean, I, somebody, I saw an article that said that really rich people from whatever, because there was some other country, you know, probably one of these like Arab states or something, had New York City apartments that they just filled with cash because that was better than putting it in the bank. So they're renting apartments just to fill it with cash because they don't want the money in the bank
0: i don't i don't suppose you have the address no
1: that would be nice because i'd like to I mean, go visit i mean
0: not that i know anybody who's good at breaking and entering or or would uh, i'm sorry i i like no, to, no reason at all no context here i just wondering
1: i'd like to go take free samples uh but that just kind of scares you as far as where the world is going with investments because the the stock market man you want to talk about a roller coaster up down up down Gilead, of course is way up today because it's interesting to me well not interesting because i listen to the no agenda show so i understand why it's going on that the mainstream media blasts the hydrochloroquine which seems to be working for a lot of people have there been side effects sure but you're seeing stuff there was an article today i believe cnn oh the hydrochloroquine. my mother took it and she had a heart attack and died and then you read the article and it's like well they don't have a death certificate and nobody they have no proof that this is what caused it but sure yeah, cnn yeah. my, my oh.
0: dad smoked weed back in the 70s and then he had a heart attack and died and uh, i'm sure that's the same thing too
1: it very well could be you know and, and that's the scary point
0: there's obvious correlation there
1: and that is what's being reported and for the same people that are blasting the hydrochloroquine cnn immediately unlike the first you, responses you, for this you, gilead you, you, I'm drug i'm sorry
0: you use the phrase blasting the hydrochloroquine and you're making me think of chemtrails <laughs>
1: well, yeah well i said that i said that to my wife the other day and I, i'm that just shows i listen to adam curry too much because we we're talking about this you know how to distribute some of this stuff to the public and she said she had read something somewhere. That you know, while well, opening your windows is is really healthy, and I'm thinking, well, wait, if the virus is out there, and I don't have it in my house, wouldn't it be safer to leave the windows closed? Well, the thing she read that said no, opening the windows is, is much better, and I'm, that's the first thing I thought of was I, chemtrails. They're dropping the shit in the air. Open your windows, slaves. You need to <laughs> you need to get the dose.
0: Every time I open my windows, uh, a wave of a cloud of pollen is wafting in and this is every tree around here is currently blasting chemical warfare into the air. Yes. But I might just be bitter about my allergies. You may be.
1: And there are I, if anybody has ever bought any of these screens for their windows, we bought like a 20-30 filter thing that straps onto the back of a box fan, uh but the company that makes it I don't recall the company at the, at this particular moment, but they also make window screens that allow air in Allegedly, block filter out a vast majority of the pollen in that. So that could be good for people like you who live in an area where you know air conditioning is not really needed. So you like the windows open, but you don't like the pollen. That would be if those actually work. I'd like to know because I've been tempted to invest in some of those. Because wife, this my wife's the same way. Has bad allergies. I don't usually have them bad at all. But yeah, you open the windows, and all of a sudden you've been hit, and that's no fun. So if if you can get a window screen that works that blocks a lot of that stuff i'd like to know how that goes but as far as this drug misinformation goes (laughs) facebook of course you know they're having a problem with misinformation you know whatever you want to call this now face news no I, i can't believe this but facebook's answer to coronavirus misinformation is scarier than the misinformation because one we go back as we do with everything here on grumpy old Benz, and ask the question who gets to decide what's misinformation and what's true zuck yeah do you trust zuck no we know we don't trust gates i don't know if there's any one person i really trust with any of it so making a system There,
0: there is precisely one person i trust to make these kind of decisions for me and that's me
1: yeah but i wouldn't trust you
0: no, no, so that just breaks down. To you, you are, however, allowed to trust you for decisions around that have to do with you. Yes, and Facebook allow that
1: their answer, and I thought this was great. Their answer to this coronavirus misinformation, and I'll be using air quotes on that, is if you are following somebody who has spread it, if you have liked a post that they believe spreads misinformation. If you've come in pretty much any contact with coronavirus misinformation, Facebook will now be providing you a link to a page on a website talking about coronavirus FAQs, myths, and all that. And of course, that page will be at the World Health Organization because we we can trust them. It's
0: because appeal to authority, of course.
1: You know the people uh, what that What I want to know
0: is is what is what is the R two of coronavirus misinformation and how many weeks do we have to quarantine if we've come into contact with any
1: i think you need to shut your internet down for at least 14 days
0: yeah that that might bring us all to rioting in the streets just get or of uptick in liquor store usage
1: mcafee antivirus will take care of that
0: what ah your mcafee virus right <laughs>
1: he doesn't believe <laughs> any have, of this he's yeah, been do, very do I entertaining download that
0: with my free vpn
1: Yes, he's been very entertaining, John McAfee. About this whole thing, he is sadly very much spouting the Bemrose line. This is all bullshit. Get out, go back to life. They're just stealing how your is freedom. This
0: sad. This sounds very sensible.
1: <laughs> it all depends. It all depends on uh, just how much faith you want to put in any one source. In the WHO, sorry, Facebook. That's not really going to cut it for reality of this i mean let's go back and look at what they said back in january which is well there's no there's really no data which supports person-to-person transmission of this virus yeah sure and those are the people that are going to be fact-checking facebook posts i mean come on
0: maybe we could do a little better something something Bimlet told me the other day said uh, that the WHO had determined that uh, this uh, COVID 19 could not be transferred by household pets, and therefore the dogs did not need to be quarantined anymore. And therefore, who let the dogs out?
1: Yeah, I, I got the joke, but it's still incorrect because animals can catch this. And that's actually the theory now. You're
0: fact checking one of Bemlet's jokes.
1: Yeah, I will. Okay. I'll do that. And I, we missed his birthday, but we did. The reality. We, we that- also
0: missed. We also missed Growley's birthday. The cat that's in my lap right now turned fifteen on on Wednesday.
1: Damn! How old do cats usually live?
0: About fifteen.
1: Oh well, one of these shows, you're just gonna have a problem.
0: Yeah, he's 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 not doing well. He's he's actually quite expensive. We're we're part of our our non essential trips out are to the vet these days.
1: Poor little guy. Is he still out there beating yeah. mice up?
0: Uh, no. Uh, actually, we well, we have two cats. They came from the same litter. One is a a long haired uh main coon looking cat uh who is uh, he his name is growly and he's only growled once ever in his life it just happened to be when he got his name uh <laughs> the sweetest thing That's ever me. and he is acting his age he is acting like an old man kitty and then the other one is his sister who was the same litter but still thinks she's a kitten still acts like she's a kitten and is probably going to last another 15 years
1: genetics man it's a weird thing yeah. but with the with the pets that is the theory now is that this came well again there are very, there are vastly different theories on how this came to be but one of the latest ones I saw was that a dog ate bat meat and then spread it of course we're also hearing the theory that this was not a bioweapon but something being studied in a lab that got out and uh, the truth I don't know if it will ever be known but it is ripe for people that like conspiracy theories there's no doubt about it it's a weird world either way you look so, at it back
0: in the 90s did you ever play a game called tetris dude
1: a lot i mean back in the 90s i remember playing well, tetris in the arcade at DePaul university where you actually had to pay money for it that was way back in the day
0: way back in the day. Yeah. Uh, I think my first my first Tetris was when it was the first game cartridge ever released for the original Game Boy and I was so excited to have a Game Boy that uh, you know Tetris was the only for the first 6 months Tetris was the only game that I had for that thing and of course I had to be playing the Game Boy uh, all the time so yeah I played a lot. Well, that game is uh you know a pretty classic puzzle game which is uh the kind that you can play when you're in in a locked room or no internet or you know because back in the day not everything was connected but of course modern versions of this game just like a modern every modern game that you play has to be internet connected uh and in fact uh ea released uh, a few years ago uh an app a tetris app an official tetris app because apparently they bought the rights to the name tetris despite the fact that it's the game is older than most of its players these days um so the only official tetris app was came from electronic arts ea and it required that your device be online now what does the device do with its internet connection um well it has some multiplayer features but the vast majority of playing is is done completely offline the gameplay itself doesn't use the internet but of course the ads that are displayed while you're playing the game oh, use the internet
1: yeah and so because free
0: they monetize via ads uh they will pop up and if you put your phone in airplane mode before launching this game it will not launch because you just uh it, it, you can't play this game without viewing all of our ads um and my My understanding of the multiplayer, by the way, is is not like you're not giving people other blocks and things. I think that the only multiplayer is is leaderboards and things like that. but anyways, uh eA has decided that they don't want to release updates for this app anymore and uh, the you know you you know how I feel about software updates in fact the the main content because Tetris is not a particularly evolving game. Uh, the no. main content of updates is is updating to uh, new ad servers and things like that, making sure that their their ad delivery platform goes smoothly. Well, EA has decided they don't want to update this game anymore, uh, so uh, the games are Tetris Premium and Tetris Blitz are what they're called. So,
1: they're just going to give them you, away free?
0: It, no, they're going to stop working entirely huh. on Tuesday, Tuesday, 21st of April these games which require checking into the mothership every time you launch to make sure that they can deliver you the proper ads they are just flat going to stop working they're going to shut down the servers and you will not be able to launch tetris premium or tetris blitz anymore um so uh let me were these were these
1: all completely ad based or was there any money changing hands at all with these apps
0: well, I uh the, there's there's the free version which is uh, all ads. In fact, they probably had ads on the pieces for all I know. And then there was the, the the premium version which probably was was reduced ads. I'm not really sure. I never played this stupid crap. Uh for one thing, if you actually want to play Tetris, there's a billion Tetris clones out there because the only thing EA has the rights to is the Tetris name. Um the the gameplay is not that hard to make and uh I a dedicated programmer in his, in a weekend can go put out a convincing Tetris clone. Uh, but here's the announcement it says, hello fans. We have had an amazing journey with you so far, but sadly it's time to say goodbye. As of April 21st, EA's Tetris app will be retired and will no longer be available to play. Kindly note that you will still be able to enjoy the game and use any existing in-game items until April 21st. We hope you've gotten as many hours of enjoyment out of this game and, and we hope you've got many enjoyment hours out of this game, and we appreciate your ongoing support. Thank you. Reading is hard. So th- that's their way of saying, uh, you're done with this and this thing that you may or may not have paid money for. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, you don't get it. Uh.
1: <laughs> Harry Hamster says he doesn't want to bust your rant, but Tetris.com slash play dash Tetris you can play there
0: there's there's lots of ways to play tetris i was only pointing out this particular one um but you know for one thing you you know you shouldn't be installing apps uh you you should not be installing anything from electronic arts because those people are some of the douchiest game developer or publishers in the world uh but most importantly and the the direction i'm going to go with this rant is if your software doesn't have an offline mode that you can use without dialing in the mothership. You don't own that software. Uh, even if you don't assume that there's nefarious servers can go down. Uh, the company can go out of business, uh, or, uh, in the case of, um, you know, the, the big, the big thing is, uh, a lot of people have, uh, thousands and thousands of dollars invested in uh, a library of PC games on steam and if Steam ever breaks for you, you lose access to all of that. And and there's a lot of freaking money. Uh, another one that I used to use all the time because I got discounts when I was an employee is uh, Microsoft's Xbox. And Xbox has kind of moved away from physical game discs and moved to a, a digital library online. It's very convenient you go to their online store you pay 60 dollars. they will let you download a game and they record to your account that you own the game or that you have a license to use the game uh right up until um you know when when they start shutting down servers which microsoft has done they haven't done that with xbox yet but uh they when they start shutting down servers you're going to lose access to all of that no matter how much you paid 60 dollars a game would be a hell of a lot Uh, and more importantly uh is if you say the word fuck to the wrong person on xbox live then they can report you and microsoft will go back through and listen to the logs or to the recording of everything that you said and go yep he used a bad word we're gonna suspend your account is the term that they use and uh when your account is suspended, you don't get to log in. And if you can't log in, you don't get to play the game that you paid $60 for or any of them. So for the people out there who have spent thousands or even tens of thousands of dollars on video games that they put into a steam library or an Xbox library or a PlayStation library, just know that you don't own any of that. You are allowed to use it so long as uh, the servers are up, the company stays in business, the companies continue to enjoy serving the games. Uh, they haven't decided like EA did that, oh, you know what, we just don't want to update this for the new ad servers anymore. Um, you know, they, they EA is not even going to bother providing an offline mode. No, they're just like, I'm sorry, fuck you, you can't play anymore. Uh, and even more importantly, I have seen plenty of evidence that people will get uh, well, in, in, in Xbox Live, even when I was there, I, I could see people get banned and it's not always cut and dried that they did something wrong. And if, like I said, if you, if you say the wrong thing to the wrong SJW, somebody's going to look at this and go, yep, that was racist. And then, uh, and then you're banned and you've lost access to thousands of dollars in video games that you spent. And there's no recourse. In fact, you can't even get a human to talk to. Uh, I don't know if it's changed, but five years ago, uh, if if you got suspended from Xbox Live and wanted to appeal, the best you could possibly do was go to Xbox dot com and post a, a please unban me message to their forum, which may or may not get responded to. Well, yeah, uh, and then, there's really no recourse with these huge companies.
1: Well, no, because you're living in a woke society. And I don't know if you saw the story because you're not into NASCAR and that stuff. But the NASCAR driver, Kyle uh, Larson. Was doing one of these virtual racing events because, you know, no real racing. So, in order to put something on TV, they get a bunch of these guys together. They play a video game racing. And
0: is that because NASCAR drivers have difficulty staying more than six feet apart while they're doing 200 miles an hour? Is that the problem? I
1: don't get it. Except for the fact that you need a crew that maybe needs to come closer than that. This is the weirdest sport for not being able to go out and do your thing. Without without having a crowd because you that doesn't affect anything especially the TV coverage you barely see the crowd
0: hasn't had crowds for years
1: and you don't hear them and this could all be done you could actually do real racing but they were having a virtual event and he was having problems with his headset I guess and he dared to utter the N word there was a moment of silence there for his career because it all went to crap his sponsors left he got fired for uttering a word accidentally out of anger out of frustration that's enough to end your life as far as your career it seems and what do you think it's going to do to a game service
0: hashtag me too
1: Uh uh-huh you know i mean
0: i mean if you have a nascar career you're probably losing more than any but the largest video game libraries but at the same time if if you ever if you've ever heard a recording of of the kind of online chats that go on in a Call of Duty match then uh n-words are pretty common uh w- which by the way means that through through the magic of selective enforcement and and trying to make everything a crime um they have the right to ban anybody anytime they want because everybody's committed a crime
1: yes and this i just thought was ludicrous on so many different levels we've talked about this exact thing on grumpy old ben's and um, i'm assuming it was the episode we did one called hate speech right and we talked about this over on random thoughts as well which was when tim anderson the african-american player for the chicago white Sox, called a white pitcher on you know an opposing team like a weak ass or punk ass, N word. And I say that just because it annoys you from me not saying the, the word I, out loud.
0: The the word you're looking for is nigger.
1: That's the one. That is
0: that is the word that was uttered. It is not n-word. N-word is is social justice waffling.
1: I don't want to be de platform,
0: man. If going to if you're going to say a word, say what you mean. It
1: is the only word that will get you fired, will take your career away. People Made comments that said he would have been better off actually punching somebody in the head, hitting him with a tire iron, rather than uttering that word, because that would have been less repercussions, which doesn't am, am make I sense. Am I going to
0: get banned from Grumpy Old Bens now? Because I maybe I used your word.
1: Does, does anybody want to ban Sir Bemrose from Grumpy Old Bens? Reach out to us at uh, darren at com
0: no, if, if anybody wants to remove Sir Ben from Grumpy Old Ben's, reach out to us at RandomThoughts.com.
1: Right. That's the better show to listen to. But I, I just thought that was interesting. And I still say it. I know as an old white guy, this sounds completely idiotic. But if there's a word that us old white guys can't say that will end your career in certain cases, will get you into so much social media, you'll be deplatformed your whole you know, internet, you know, life will disappear because this is kind of like the Chinese thing, your social score all over the place.
0: Every As race, a free speech enthusiast, I find the phrase the N-word to be far more offensive.
1: I would agree with you, but I say it to annoy you. But if you're going to have that, <laughs> if the, it's working, if the, if the white guy can't say the N-word, then the black guy has to have a word he can't say too. It has to be equal. If you want equality, there has to be Uh, a word for it has to be equaled out i I think that's the only way it works fairly no
0: no equality some people are more equal than others that's the important thing if if you have multiple intersectional values you you are allowed to be far more equal than the people who are just you know what i don't want to i don't want to rant against the racists on the left this time
1: (laughs) but i yeah this is but this is where you're going you're absolutely right when somebody can get immediately out of a job, multi-million dollar job, then what do you think is going to happen if they start listening to what you're saying on these gaming platforms, the software that you think you own? You better be careful because, I mean, you don't really own Photoshop. You don't really own what we're using to record this audition. You don't use uh, you don't own Premiere, which is done for video. So, you know, if if they're going to start monitoring what you're recording and you say things they don't like and your software just stops working, I mean, yeah. Welcome to the Welcome to Big Brother One Hundred
0: and One. Uh, uh, yes, and and welcome to the Silicon Valley lifestyle.
1: Well, yeah, but as long so, as you let Bill Gates put the chip in you, you're okay.
0: You you recall a couple of episodes ago when I I did kind of a a deeper story into why Zoom is one of the most frightening apps out there from a security and privacy perspective. I do. Well, I found a follow-up. It wasn't, well, not really a follow-up, but it, it it's more piling on, and that, that is one thing that we do here at Grumpy Old Ben's, because it entertains me, uh, is uh, somebody whose name I forget, um, did a, oh, oh, that's because he doesn't actually put his name on his blog post. Uh, See? Hiding. Yeah. <laughs> you know, honestly, I can't blame people for doing this. Anyways, um, did a... A deep dive into the uh using security tools and and software analysis tools into the client app for zoom just just because it's like everybody everybody is using it and uh you know some people use it in a browser but most a lot of people the browser will download an uh, a program an executable to your windows machine and they wanted to check it out um among the interesting bits and, and I, I I could post the article. I will include it in the show notes because it actually has details. but uh this guy found SQL injection vulnerabilities into their uh client side databases uh found buffer overflows all over the place um it links to some very old versions of Ssl and curl, which have known vulnerabilities uh and and the the versions that were listed on there uh. The, the vulnerability. I mean, there there are exploits in the wild for these vulnerabilities. So if you know that the Zoom client uses them, there's there's your your way into the software. Um, it it's crash report app, which is one of those programs that runs alongside of it. Uh, is a special form of uh, it will scrape large chunks of your Windows registry. Uh, it will screen capture everything that is on your screen. Uh, not just the app and it will send those up to zoom in order to uh presumably in order to analyze a crash but that's a whole lot of personal data that that it's doing so so if somebody decided that they just you know would intentionally crash the app uh then the screen the the screen capture will grab everything that's displayed on your screen whether it's proprietary or personal data or not Uh, And if you're using this for your company, there's a good chance there's trade secrets in there. It's going to send those to zoom.com. It's going to send large chunks of your Windows registry up there. Uh, And then here's the kicker, and this one is just about unforgivable. Uh, The Zoom app is a 32 bit app. Now, 64 bit apps were started with uh, XPSP2 had a 64 bit, Windows XP had a 64 bit version. Uh, Windows Vista shipped with both 32 and 64. Uh, Windows 7 preferred the 64-bit version. And this thing is still running a 32-bit mode app. Uh, Windows 10 has a large number of security features that are designed to, to mitigate or, or frustrate attempts to hack into software that is running on its system. But the most effective of those only work with 64-bit apps because 64-bit is native. 32-bit apps kind of run in a, a CPU-based sandbox that, that it, it, it steps down the CPU to a lower mode where a lot of these mitigations don't work, which means that uh I- inherently uh 32-bit apps don't have a lot of the mitigations that might even cause some of these vulnerabilities to not be exploitable. But this this app is is security hole central (laughs) it's it it, you're you're running it on your system and um you know somebody who decides to release uh some kind of malware that targets anybody using zoom if it can be I, i guess this is this is advice for grumpy old ben's listeners who are programmers and have no ethics is uh it can be very very profitable in these days of everybody going on zoom meetings is Target this app and uh, you've got a pretty good chance of, especially if you can, if you can redirect that crash reporting app or software, you, you can get a lot of proprietary information about companies that use this app for their meetings.
1: Well, it's not only companies, which is the other thing to consider. A lot of people are using this for just person to person communication. Uh, You would hope people aren't using it for the, uh,
0: for the cyber sex
1: especially with
0: the Uh, fact you know that would be that would be entertaining (laughs) and also i want i wanted i want to see the look on the face of the the testing triage person at zoom who has to triage that crash report screenshot
1: yeah well i mean it seems like it's very similar as we talked about i think in the last show when we talked about zoom very similar to Jitsi, which is a free open source software that you can just punch in any name you want Although it seems like the ones for zoom were very much limited as far as how many characters you could use which is how people were bombing you know get what are they calling it the zoom bomb you know like the photo bomb so zoom bombing somebody else is having a meeting they're using that and as long as you punch in the right URL that you're able to get into the call which is which is bizarre something like we're using right now clean feed gives each person everybody that I invite in has a unique URL. So this thing is a free piece of software. Is already way better via security than Zoom is. It's way better than Jitsi. But again, everybody understands with Jitsi, it's an open call. So when everybody goes to Jitsi dot you know uh, jit dot S-I slash no agenda, you understand anybody that goes to that URL can see you. Now, if you're thinking you have privacy and people can guess a URL, a much Much worse end result. So one, don't use Zoom would be pretty good advice. And, you know, hey, if you're nefarious, I guess that's one of the places you want to be looking at right now to to have a little bit of fun. But Windows is still having issues. I mean, it's sad. Did you see the story about Windows Defender being broken by a recent update?
0: Uh, that doesn't surprise
1: me. I haven't seen the story, no what they figured out was causing this which when you did a scan it would just stop and it would start just shooting off a bunch of error messages of course in the background they realized that any file that had two dots at the end so instead of bemrose.exe if you had bemrose.exe was (laughs) was crashing windows defender
0: yeah that that that's a detail yeah you know if if microsoft still had testers they might have Caught that sort of thing,
1: yeah. Which is why I don't use Windows Defender. I use a paid product. I know you've said good things about Windows Defender, and I'm sure when it works, it's way better than nothing.
0: You use McAfee Antivirus?
1: No, no, no. Bit Defender on ten machines.
0: I mean, I I do use Windows Defender because, in the grand scheme of things, it is as effective as most of the other ones out there, and it comes with my computer, so I don't have to add third party software. And given that Microsoft knows the kernel and they wrote it, um, it, it is statistically least likely to cause stability problems in, in my computer, which is kind of important to me now that that's saying nothing about its effectiveness at blocking malware, but, uh, it, it, it has felt like, you know, that combined with the other layers of security that I use, for example, not running arbitrary code downloaded from an ad server in my browser um seems to be sufficient in terms of blocking uh and i don't get my antivirus crashing me or or breaking drivers so i mean there's that yeah no complaints well, what do i know
1: yeah you're just you're just a microsoft hack man
0: i i, I am clearly a shill for them <laughs> and if that's if there's one thing you've learned about all my time on grumpy old ben's it's that i am an unapologetic microsoft lover who defends them at every opportunity
1: and windows i mean just the amount of problems they're having this was another week we went through another reboot i was going to call it patch tuesday but you've you've been kind of pounding this into my head No, the
0: the real name of it is reboot tuesday yeah
1: and uh this one three zero days that are being exploded uh exploited and maybe exploded exploded in the wild and uh, fifteen critical flaws. So again, Microsoft is highly recommending you get your updates done and, and get them and, done. And I
0: highly recommend that you get your security updates too. That that stuff is no freaking joke. You do not need random shit off the internet to come in and and own your system because you know uh, as we've said before, uh as as soon as software has access to run whatever it wants on your system. It's not your system anymore.
1: No, you're absolutely right. And your any data that you have is questionable to begin with, because I don't really know if there is anything as such as privacy anymore. And I think data need, that I have is questionable. Yeah. Well of course. Everything you have is questionable. Anything anybody has is questionable with the amount of problems they've been having with CPUs. And I mean that's one thing I'd like to get our buddy Earl, Jay Finley on the show, just to talk about routers and stuff like that and ways you can actually keep things from getting into your systems. I know he knows way more about routers and how to do things way more complex than you know your little Linksys or whatever you're using with your cable modem. But I think that's as you move forward, it's going to get more important and more important setting up different parts of your router for as we've talked about, the internet of things devices and all that. So we'll, we'll get to that at some point, but to, I guess we're kind of running long in time. We've talked about this grumpy old bands where we bloviate too much, maybe. So we're trying to keep the, the shows down to a more reasonable manner. And I've suggested maybe go two shows per week. And I know that seems like more work, but I'm not sure if it really is. Well, or not. It, it
0: just seems like more ranting. And I'm not sure that our, our, all of our listeners are, are, are ready for that.
1: That may be true. I mean, they may have to be on the, uh, well, I think we've kind of slid them slowly into it. So I think they're working up herd immunity to the Bemrose rant. We've heard a lot about herd immunity lately. Uh, but do we want to talk about all the new features that are coming to Windows next month? Or we can push that one off. That's not really time sensitive.
0: Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm suddenly curious.
1: Really? You're curious. About uh, I mean, I'm not
0: getting new features in Windows. Not when I run 8.1, but.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, you could finally move up to 10. You, you up well the number is going higher that's technically up. Is
0: that that much i'll allow
1: <laughs> thank you they are here's what's coming and this they've been this has been in the pipeline since late last year so i'm kind of curious how badly it's going to go when they push this stuff out but they're going to have the optional update experience starting with this version of windows you'll no longer have to access the device manager to manage your drivers and new device drivers will not be installed automatically instead they're going to show up as optional updates when you go into the window update panel is that good or bad to not update the drivers automatically
0: uh well for the the concept of plug and play which microsoft really pushed back in the 90s uh the idea that you plug in a piece of software and now you have to go do more clicks to install a driver feels like moving backward from from a security perspective i mean you know i i am personally okay with it one one of the most frustrating dialogues in windows for me has always been the you know you you insert a a, a cd or a floppy disk i know that nobody under and even knows what i'm talking about now uh <laughs> you plug in a usb drive and the very first thing that pops up is what would you like to do with this drive i'm like fucking nothing stop popping dialogues up in my face but but well, you for a lot of off. people <laughs> you, you can try that's another rant uh for a lot of people though the act of plugging in a new usb mouse or device or something uh it is the only thing that you need to do and the system should just work and if if they're turning that one backward it feels like a, a regression in usability i mean it also feels like an improvement in security but
1: well, yes and no, because looking at just the screenshot they're showing here on an article uh, from bleepingcomputer.com, dot com, they're showing you that under optional updates, driver updates, and they're showing things like HB printer, you know, your Intel uh, six series chipset family PCI. You know, there's a lot of this stuff that the only reason they update the drivers is a security update, and they're not really being clear. if the optional update and
0: and nobody is going to do take
1: that update yes and that is a huge problem because driver security i mean
0: right now uh the all of the driver stuff is is hidden in the device manager if they are going to make that more prominent uh how many people are have a network where there's a printer that you use every few weeks maybe uh and so the printer's off most of the time. which means that i and and maybe i'm alone in this one and maybe it's because my wife keeps her printer off most of the time but every time she turns it on to print something my computer gives me a notification that says we noticed that there's a new a new printer on the network would you like to install a driver and of course i bury that notification but if they are making new hardware notifications more obnoxious then when you have something that may or may not be intermittent, like a printer, do you, I, I can't imagine this working out well when you're like, no, I don't want, in fact, the last 37 times you popped up this dialogue while I was in the middle of call of duty. It, <laughs> it, I didn't want to install a damn printer. I, I, I give, give it a rest. I'm currently printing my pistol all over this guy's face.
1: Yeah, I don't like that. I really don't like driver updates becoming optional. I mean, I understand, and, as we've talked about with software updates, if it is a feature update, I get it. And I know the old thing with drivers is, well, if it's working, don't update the driver. But most updates, it seems, on drivers are security-based now, and, or just to keep the device working. So this seems like a weird thing to be doing that by default but we'll see when it comes out they're also i'm skeptical yeah i'm skeptical as well the task manager is getting an upgrade which i think is interesting this is good you'll now be able to see the temperature of your video card in the task manager which is actually good information to have i can't believe it was never there before and they'll also be able to let you see what type of disc it is so there's more information coming to the task manager That seems good. I always approve
0: of more information. Yes,
1: we like more information as long as
0: as long as it's not you know there's there's such a thing as information overload when the only thing I mean what what do most people bring up Task Manager for? There's some misbehaving program and they want to destroy it with great prejudice. And as long as you can still fulfill that task quickly, then providing more information otherwise is still valuable. People want to monitor stuff, and and I hope that I hope that they don't make Task Manager use up forty percent of the CPU.
1: Right, just to be able to give you the temperature on your video card.
0: Yeah, if if task manager is raising the temperature of my video card by having it open, then then that's not a good feature.
1: They're going to reduce disk and processor utilization used by Windows search. Sure. I
0: I, I yeah, I already fig- I already installed that feature. It's called disable Windows search.
1: <laughs> that's exactly what I do. I use uh Directory Opus as my Windows the, uh uh Windows when, Explorer when anyway. I want
0: to find when I want to find, uh, you know, I am I know that somewhere on my drive, I have a file named, you know, uh, Jim 2017, and I try to open that up. And the very first thing that Microsoft does is goes and does a Bing search for Jim 2017. I'm like, congratulations, you are now leaking my personal data instead of finding me the file that I want. No, this search is no good.
1: Yes, I agree. I've never understood the reason for that kind of stuff in within Windows, all of this. Oh, you can find any file. We'll index everything. It slows stuff down and it's never been all that useful. I'm sure there are some people that do things on their computer that is very useful for I've never run into it. You,
0: One, you know what else would would make it so that you didn't have to have Windows search to find your files would be if they weren't putting so much effort into hiding where your files are on the drive. Yes. They do everything they get, even in Explorer when it doesn't like you put shit in your documents directory. What does the Explorer bar say? It doesn't say, you know, see users, username slash dog. No, it doesn't tell you where the damn file is on the drive. It just says documents like, oh, okay. Of course I know where that is. If I need to go search for it in the drive. No, and my, my, they, they're really good. And then, oh, of course there's the default setting. Everybody gets with windows is, oh, You don't need to know what the file name extension is. Right. We'll just pretend that's not there. So what you're getting, you're not seeing the actual file name. The extension is a part of the file name. You don't get to see it by default. And then, of course, if somebody creates, you know, if there's a... Malware? Yeah, yeah. If somebody creates malware, if somebody creates a, a VBS file that has the same name as something you click, you don't know that it's there. If you're lucky, it has a different icon uh but you know if some if you have a a document that you click all the time and somebody creates an exe and puts it in the same thing and then in the exe inside the icon header it happens to have the document icon you can't tell that it says exe because they decided that you don't need to know what the extension is no it's this is a terrible feature and it's designed so that people don't need to know but yeah the reason why you need To create all of this extra code in order to be able to search for your files is because Microsoft does such an amazing job of making them hard to find.
1: (laughs) That they do. I mean, I've 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 run into times where people were having problems with their computer, and I'd open up and start going through something on Windows Explorer, and they'd be like, "What's that?" I'm like, "Oh my god, that's uh, that's a whole new level of not understanding how your computer works." But there are some people out there like that, and there are plenty of alternatives to the windows explorer uh, for your, for looking through all your files. So you know, look into things like Directory Opus and there's plenty of open source free stuff that you can use as well. One thing I do like that they're finally installing into windows update is they will now allow you to set a maximum download speed. So no more you're playing your video game, you want to know why all of a sudden your bandwidth went to crap. Because you're, you know, five machines around the house all decide they want to start downloading the Windows update at the same time. You can now throttle that to a speed rather than a percentage or anything like that. So I like that. That is one good thing. Which I can't believe it hasn't been there for how many years now.
0: Well, because if because if if we were in a place with actual competition in in internet ISPs, then we would have long since all gone to just gigabit to the house, every single one of us or, or more there'd be companies be like, you know, uh, free limited time offer three gigabits for $5 a month. Uh, we don't have any competition. And therefore the, the real solution that would have fixed that long ago of everybody has enough bandwidth that, that you don't need to uh, it is kind of killed by a total lack of incentive to improve speeds by ISPs who have geographical areas locked up.
1: That is true. That is true, but you have two ISPs, so you're in good shape.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm one of the lucky ones. And also, I'm still bandwidth limited. That's and true. And also, I still got disconnected during this show because everybody's <laughs> using my bandwidth.
1: That is because everybody's home. I saw a article and I don't know if any of this stuff is true or if it's all guessing. I don't know exactly how they can figure it out except if, unless your ISPs are giving them the information. The average household was streamer. Maybe it was the average person was streaming eight and a half hours of content a day during this coronavirus. So stre- that's, that's awful. It's a lot of streaming services. I,
0: I mean, I'm probably way above average. Once you count no agenda stream and podcasts, but
1: you got a few streams, but those but are it's not video. Yeah. Audio much, much less. Another update. passwordless experience, which I was like, what, what's this all about? Microsoft introducing passwordless sign-in for Microsoft accounts to strengthen your device sign-in. This allows uh, Microsoft accounts to use modern multi-factor authentication such as Windows Hello, fingerprint and a PIN instead of passwords. I'm just asking, who actually has uh, a Microsoft account? I don't.
0: Well, it, any if if you if you ever install Windows and you don't know the secret handshake special signal exactly you know how what secret way to touch it in order to be able to create an account offline you are required to enter an email address when you start that creates a microsoft account
1: you want if, to install
0: without if you internet. enter an email address into your operating system as part of your login you have a microsoft account
1: yeah don't do that don't be on the internet when you're installing i know that's hard to do but uh
0: it, it, well it's especially hard to do because you can't download updates which uh many of which are actually important for security
1: well yeah but you could get the system set up and then it would do the update so i mean there is there is that possibility
0: yeah which but- which leaves a window and we we tested the, when when we were working on windows 8 there was there was one point where we did the the test and and a lot of people have tried this but we took uh Windows XP, the, the latest Slipstream version, I think it was SP3, uh, that you could get, which was the, the disk. We installed from disk offline and got the complete install going. And of course, as soon as you plug it into the internet, it's going to start downloading updates. Lots. In the, on a fast corporate network, because this was at Microsoft, um, we, we stuck it on the internet and had it go. And in the six minutes that it took to download and install all of the security patches, the machine had already been owned. <laughs> <laughs> no
1: way. That's security Just, There was
0: st- random stuff floating around the moment that the thing came online, the IP address lit up something port scanned it and installed malware before it had time to download security updates.
1: Well, I mean, I guess you had a Microsoft IP range, so they were really going after those. Now, maybe maybe i
0: but but don't be don't assume that they're not scanning every ip on the internet there's only four billion of them
1: i know this other update coming is going to excite you a brand new cortana you excited yet hi i'm cortana Uh uh-huh new cortana experience which will feature a brand new chat user interface that gives you the ability to type to interact with your digital I, I, i also
0: already have installed the cortana interface or the the cortana experience that is ideal for me
1: would you be uninstall cortana
0: well i never had to uninstall it i'm on windows 8
1: well that's true that's true i i turned it off it's i don't get it it's annoying a lot of the stuff windows is adding for the non dudes named ben or even people with a little bit of technical know-how are usually just really annoying and they're showing like a little window which looks like you know a text box where What is microsoft stock price and then you know cortana gives you the information and it's like you're chatting with your new friend which a lot of people i guess this is their you know i saw an article the other day which is you know my girlfriend's a chat bot which i guess people are really really lonely during this lockdown and maybe they want to talk to their computers like this i don't understand it it's maybe i'm just old and white and just don't get why i would want to like make it look like i'm having a text conversation With the computer, when I just know how to pull up the information I want. But congratulations, the new Cortana experience will be a less intrusive screen for their queries. New speech and language models, significantly improved performance. Yeah, exciting. They're also doing stuff redesigning the network status page, which could be you know okay for some people. I don't think most people are ever going to even see that. Windows search improvements, account picture in Windows, which yeah, who cares. Virtual desktops. I mean, so there's some things which I mean, it'll be interesting to see. One of the best, maybe the only thing that I really thought was useful out of all this stuff, was they will finally let you reset your computer. So if you had something go wrong, you had something get borked, they will allow you, as long as you have an internet connection, to reset the machine using the data from microsoft so if you have files or something you know
0: there's no way that can be exploited right
1: that that's the question behind this i like the ability that if a machine's borked i don't have to download a repair disk and all of that that this will let it contact windows you know the mothership directly with that said i am questioning how this will work but it's something i'm surprised hasn't been there for a while where you can't go in and reset this back to you know factory defaults or whatever you want to call it directly through the windows interface so you think this is going to go horribly wrong
0: i'm suddenly reminded of uh, uh d- during windows 2000 when when that was the thing and somebody somewhere along the line discovered that there was a a service and a command you could type uh where you type the command and give an ip address and a message and it would pop up the message on that person's computer screen and, and people quickly realized, uh, you know, that it, it, yeah, I was in college at the time during the windows 2000 era and, or, or I was at Microsoft and of course I used it in order to prank people or mess with people or, or, you know, every once in a while I'd just type the command that said, uh, you know, Hey, got a minute. I need you to, you know, I want to go to get some coffee with you or whatever. Uh, but more nefarious people very quickly realized that this could be used. For spam. Yes. So you'd be sitting there working on a document or something, and suddenly right in the middle of your screen and pop up a dialogue says, you know, 20% off coupon at Sears or something like that.
1: You're like, I don't need anything at Sears.
0: And uh it it took about four to six months where that was rampant everywhere before Microsoft released a patch that shut off that service by default.
1: Yeah, well, it'll be interesting to see, no question about it any other stories you got i mean we're getting to that two hour mark
0: heartbreak i, I, have, I have i have plenty of stories but <laughs> um i i don't know that we have time to fit in another rant
1: no there's no uh, no more time for bemrose rants we can't thank the people uh, i did that have donated
0: I, I, I got i have i have an update uh to the fire in a crowded theater from a long time ago um it's it's real quick the theaters uh, are all empty well the 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 line is that that is always touted is. You can't shout fire in a crowded theater, and I think well, this goes can. way back to the not legally, the, but you the speech can. episode. The speech episode we did with Larry, where um, uh, it, we pretty much debunked that it it was a line from Oliver Wendell Holmes in uh, a case uh, Schenck versus Maryland. Yeah, the Shank is the case, and uh, that was when Oliver Oliver Wendell Holmes only used it as an example of curbing speech, and more importantly. Uh that was uh 1909. A while uh, in ago. Fifty years later, uh there was a case, Brandenburg versus Ohio, that threw out the ruling entirely and established uh what's called the Brandenburg Test, which is the only thing that makes speech illegal is if it is directed to inciting or producing imminent lawless action and it is likely to incite or produce such action. So you have to have both of those. So you can't just go in and uh, shouting fire, especially if you stand up in front and everybody can see there's no fire and you're like, Hey guys, fire. (laughs) Ha ha ha. That doesn't pass the Brandenburg test. So it's not illegal speech. So the fire in a crowded theater line is usually touted as Uh, I want to establish that there are limits on free speech and usually is used as a precursor in an argument to somebody trying to establish some other limit on your free speech. And the proper response to somebody using the you can't shout fire in a crowded theater line is that you need to reach out and slap them because at least that's not speech. They've got nothing to argue against. Uh, But yeah that's it it is an old example it's tired people only use it when they want to shut down your free speech well but you can't say update.
1: let's leave our house and stand closer than 6 feet to someone
0: but here's the update that somebody uh in in uh my local area helpfully pointed out is that the brandenburg case was was in ohio uh but that applies nationally because it's a supreme court however in washington state Uh, We have uh, RCW 9A.84.040, which states a person is guilty of false reporting with knowledge that the information or a person is guilty of false reporting. If with knowledge that the information reported conveyed or circulated is false, he or she initiates or circulates a false report warning of an alleged occurrence or impending occurrence of a fire explosion crime catastrophe or emergency knowing that such false report is likely to cause evacuation of a building building place of assembly or transportation facility or to cause public inconvenience or alarm. (laughs) This is a gross misdemeanor. It is actually illegal in Washington to shout fire in a crowded theater, not because of that stupid, uh, shank case that Oliver Wendell Holmes had over a hundred years ago, but because the Washington state legislature explicitly said you are not allowed to do this and we're going to make it a gross misdemeanor.
1: But it's Washington.
0: I just the the left coast has has special restrictions on free speech that we don't even have to worry or that that go way beyond what the rest of the country has to put up with.
1: <laughs> yes, you. Uh, and we thank you for your courage for <laughs> Or living on the left coast and i don't know why you do you should move somewhere more sane like you know iraq
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. so somewhere with a lot more freedoms like saudi arabia
1: yes and uh, i was just i was just pulling up here on my phone we got in, uh, another we want to talk about the people that donated to the show just got one during the show from our buddy oh my gosh. jay finley who says from the walkman happy anniversary you sick freaks I don't know if that outs him as a Glenn Beck
0: listener. He's talking about you.
1: Yeah, well, that's what Beck used to call his uh, listeners—was you know, sick freaks. Uh, but that's uh, that. I, that's true. I uh, going right down the line. Uh, I don't think we had notes from these other ones. Just double checking here. We did have uh, Greg Miller, who I don't know if Greg Miller. If you're in the troll room, I dig when we get these things from names that we don't look familiar, not people that we can put together no notes on that one we uh wait no thanks for helping keep me sane from greg miller so maybe he's listening to me then not you
0: yeah that's not me
1: obviously uh you know if he was listening to you that would be the other way that would be completely the other way around i'm
0: I'm really here to provide an example of uh of you know you're not as crazy as you think you are
1: that's what you're here to show other people yeah there's there's got to be a reason by comparison, yes, I, I can see that. So they, they feel better listening to grumpy old Ben's because then they walk away and like, at least I'm not Ben Rose. I mean, that guy's guy nuts.
0: Oh, now you're making me depressed. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we also have cold acid. No note, but he, there's always one of those guys. He's always saying something in the troll room on no agenda social. And Harry Hamster, again, coming in like three episodes in a row. We appreciate Harry Hamster another troll room fixture and if you're not in the troll room either during no agenda on thursdays and sundays or during grumpy old ben's especially on fridays 11 a.m central while we record these shows you're missing out on the fun we appreciate the support for everybody that tunes in live even weirder than people listening to your podcast when it's convenient for them is making the time to tune in live while we do this as people go who, who, what who do you think you are in the middle of a work day thinking people should take time to listen to your stupid show and they have a point and we appreciate the people that are able to do so and that do do so because Bemrose needs fact checking every now and then so we appreciate that Jay Finley Cold Acid Greg Miller Harry Hamster if you want to be one of the cool kids and support Grumpy Old Bens you can go to grumpyoldbens.com there are ap- options for PayPal, Bitcoin, snail mail, and all sorts of other fun things you can do. We have a Patreon that we have one guy over, and we'll eventually add something to that. And I know we do have a mailing list. I started that. There are some people out there I haven't emailed yet. I'm going to do that this week. Going to start using that to remind people what's going on with Grumpy Old Benz and all the other good stuff about what's going on in this crazy world of Sir Bemrose and mine.
0: Net, net, did you mention net ned he says he thought he put a note on the paypal
1: wait net ned let's see here let me double check let me pull it up on the big screen because i know that was uh or is that i know what that net ned we're doing no agenda no agenda and uh let's see here bum, bum, ba, da, 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 da. paypal sign up sign in sign on
0: this this is the magic of podcasting where we you, you'll you be on your commute right now, and we're actually making you wait while we search through the PayPal website.
1: It, no, we're not as bad as uh, as some here. Let's see here.
0: Oh, yes. I'm going to sing a little. Doo, 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 doo,
1: yes, here we go. You know what? I totally apologize, NetNet. Here we are, April 13th. I don't know how I missed this one. A nice $100 donation from NetNet. Oh, my we're, gosh. We're going to have to get, I know we said this before. We got to come up with the rankings like knighthoods and all this other kind of stuff and the note unlike no agenda we have i did find your note in the paypal thing here enjoy the show it's made fridays in a legal lockdown in michigan a little less depressing well that's what we're here for to entertain you to show you that uh, there are crazier people out there than you and we try to give some good information along with the entertainment and that puts NetNet right to the top of the list. Executive producer of Grumpy Old ben's which if you put that on like your LinkedIn will get you nothing.
0: Well, uh, you'll feel good about it though.
1: Well, yes. And that is and, the and, that is the main yeah, thing. And we've been doing this from, now. From America's
0: left coast where virtue signaling is its own reward. Yeah, a year of doing this now. So
1: it is uh this is a big deal. The 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 supporters are growing and we appreciate that. And we'll eventually hopefully get to the point. You know, although it will be sad when you get to like the no agenda point where, yeah, all you all you jerks that give less than fifty bucks, you know, we we can't even mention those. But for now, we're in the we're in the Jennifer Briney stage, which is if you send us fifty five cents, <laughs> you can get a mention. I,
0: you know what? If if you send me a kind word, then you can. Well, I I, I might ridicule you, but you'll get a mention.
1: You will. get Well, that is
0: all. Be like, yeah, this. This person said that I was right about something, and I just want to explain why you're totally wrong. I, you know, I would do that for laughs.
1: Yes, you would. And that's why we were happy to have the troll room because, see, I missed something and it was corrected right here on the same show. Live interaction with the hosts, troll along, say things that either help or annoy. We're fine either way. We appreciate the people that come in at noagendastream.com. So, Until next week, I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where they're still shooting each other and the coronavirus isn't going to stop that.
0: And from America's left coast, where updating your experience means logging off and leaving the house. I'm Ryan Bemrose. Update
1: your own experience. you uh-huh.